God in the future. Keep your prayers, keep your spirit strong, and let's prevail, let's endure, and enjoy the salvation of the Lord. Today I want to speak out of Isaiah chapter 40. If you have your Bibles or a Bible app, you can turn to that. The voice said, cry. The voice said, cry is the title of the message. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. The voice of God is crying, and what is that cry? As we read these scriptures one to eight, you'll notice that there are three cries that come forth from the Lord, and we want to touch on these today. Isaiah 40, verse one. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. The voice said cry. Cry number one. Your warfare is ended. Isaiah 40, verse 1 and 2. Let me read them again. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The Lord is speaking to Jerusalem in this scripture. Jerusalem, the ultimate, the great Jerusalem is the Jerusalem we are a part of, which is the heavenly Jerusalem, the great city of God. The city of Jerusalem in Old Testament times stood as a representation of the great city of God, the eternal city. We are citizens of that city now. Jerusalem is a city, it's a place, it's a people, and we find our place there. The word to Jerusalem is, your warfare is ended. Your sins are forgiven. Your iniquity is pardoned. This is a signal from the Lord. These verses highlight the battle that there is for every person. The battle for your soul. There is a battle for your soul. There's a warfare for your soul. Satan wants you, and Jesus wants you. Satan wants to pull you down into sin and ultimately drag you off to hell. Jesus Christ wants to lift you out of sin and take you on to heaven and give you eternal life. Jesus said in John 10:10, the thief comes not, the enemy, the devil comes not but to steal and kill and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. There is a battle for every soul. There's a warfare between Christ and Satan for every human being. And every person is responsible to make choice. Their choice, the battle for our soul, and all of us have a choice to make. 
The Lord does not predestine, preassign, predetermine some people to go to heaven and some to go to hell. The Bible is clear. Whosoever will may come. Whosoever will come and drink of the water of life freely. Scripture says the Lord is long-suffering and merciful. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all, that all should come to repentance. 1 Timothy 2, verse 5 says, He desires all men to be saved. The Apostle Paul said in Acts 17, God now commands all men everywhere to repent. God now commands all men everywhere to repent. The Bible knows nothing of irresistible grace. That grace can be resisted. And that God draws some people to heaven and lets other people go to hell. There is a call of God that goes out upon every life. The Lord is calling. He's drawing. His message of the gospel goes throughout the land and whosoever will may come to the presence of the Lord. If you will receive it today, your warfare is over in the person of Jesus Christ. If you will receive the Lord's salvation today, your warfare is ended. The battle for your soul is ended and you come out of the struggle between Satan and Christ and you belong to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. The Bible says in Isaiah 40 in these verses that we have received from the Lord's hand double for all our sins. And I remind you of the ancient custom, the ancient custom that if a man found himself on the brink of poverty and bankruptcy, that he had come to the end of himself financially, facing foreclosure, facing bankruptcy, he had no money left, he had nothing left in life, and he knew that the only thing that remained was now slavery for himself and for his sons and daughters. But there was one last desperate measure this man could take. He could write out a list of his debts on a goatskin parchment, write out the creditors to whom the money was owed and how much was owed, and in a last desperate plea and cry out to God for help, he would then take that goatskin parchment and nail it at the gates of the city in hopes that some wealthy man, some person, some rich relative would come by and see that parchment flapping in the wind and would know what it meant, knowing what it meant, would stop. Maybe it was someone who remembered the family. Maybe there was a kindness done in the past to that family, and a man of much wealth would come and see that goatskin flapping and look at the name that was signed at the bottom, and he would take it in compassion, and he would walk through that city, and he would go to establishment business after business, and he would pay the amount that was owed, and there would be a paid-in full put on it, and he'd go down the list, and when the last creditor was paid, that goatskin parchment was folded double, and the record of those debts were never seen again. That person was free. You have received of the Lord's hand double for all your sins. No matter how long I live as a Christian, in fact, the longer I live as a Christian, I am more thankful for what Jesus Christ has done for me than I have been in years past because my understanding of his grace and of his salvation has increased. 
I look out at a floundering world. I see the depths of human despair. I see the human personality and the human life, and I know what God has done for me. Sometimes I weep in the presence of God. I'm overcome. I'm moved with emotion in my heart because I realize how bankrupt I am without Christ, how morally bankrupt, how spiritually bankrupt I am without the person of Jesus Christ, how hopeless is my future that I and my family would find ourselves in slavery and bondage to the lusts of the flesh and to the things of this life if it wasn't for Jesus that one day he walked down the dusty roads of my town, of my city, and I heard a man of God preach the gospel. The message of salvation and life was offered to me. See, Jesus walked the dusty roads of Israel in his ministry. It says he went to every city and every town preaching the gospel, calling all sinners to repentance that they could come out of their sin and bondage and find life and salvation in the message of the gospel. Jesus Christ today sends his servants, he sends his preachers through the towns and the cities in the sake of the gospel. This morning, have you come to the end of yourself? Will you admit how broken and how bankrupt spiritually and morally you are without the Lord? Would you take the offer of salvation, whosoever will may come? Would you hang out the parchment of your life today, the debt of your sins, the hopelessness of your situation without God, and cry out and say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Forgive my sins. Come into my life. Wash me and renew me. Change me. Make me a child of God. Jesus will take, a, take that parchment of your sins. He'll pay each one of them in full by the blood, the precious blood of the cross. He will fold up that record of your sins. It'll never be seen again. It'll be, never be remembered against you forever. And you will go free. You've received of the Lord's hand double, the double for all your sins. The voice said cry. The voice said cry. The first cry, your warfare is ended. Comfort the people. Tell them their sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord. The second cry, prepare the way of the Lord. Isaiah 40, verses 3 to 5. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The voice of one crying, the second cry, prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus Christ is coming, and we must be ready. Prepare the way of the Lord in your life. Prepare the way of the Lord for your family. Prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ. There are two comings of Christ. The first was 2,000 years ago, culmination of all Old Testament prophecy. The first advent, Jesus came in the birth in Bethlehem. And now at the end of time, we can expect any moment, soon the Lord returning. The Lord ending the present world order and ushering in everlasting righteousness and truth. Two comings of Christ, the first coming and the second. Acts 1.11 says, This same Jesus, 
who was taken away into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go. That was the word the angels gave to the apostles. This same Jesus who was taken into heaven will come in like manner as you have seen him go. Jesus Christ is coming again and we must prepare. John the Baptist prepared for the first coming of Christ. He called the people to repentance. He said, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness, in the desert, a highway for God. Let every mountain of pride come down. Let every valley of despair be lifted up. Let crooked places be made straight and rough places be made smooth. Prepare the way of the Lord. And sure enough, on the heels of his ministry, Jesus Christ walked into the nation of Israel and the people were prepared, those that received John the Baptist's word for the coming of Christ. Jesus Christ is coming again, and we must be ready. We must be prepared. Mountains of pride must come down. Valleys of despair brought up. We prepare for the coming of the Lord, the presence of our God. And what is the call? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. It's a call to holiness. For without holiness shall no man see the Lord. Without holiness shall no man see the Lord. It's a call to sanctification, to cleansing, to purification in our lives, that we would prepare ourselves as a bride prepares herself for her wedding day, for her groom. How horrified a bride would be to look at her wedding dress and find a spot there. Something soiled or besmirched. The Lord says, I want a bride without spot and without wrinkle and that we are called to perfect holiness in the fear of God. We perfect our character. We overcome the flesh, and we perfect holiness in the will of God. This is a call to prepare for the coming of Christ as if he'd come this afternoon or tomorrow, and that we should be ready for him, a people that are fervent in first love, longing for his presence, loving him above everything else, worshipful and watchful, careful in all things that we might appear before him properly and righteously and in a sanctified way. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. It's a call to holiness. Is there anything today, is there anything in your life, my life, that is displeasing to the Lord? Any attitude, any spirit of complaint, any unforgiveness is there anything in in my heart in my life displeasing anything in the entertainment realm or my words the conduct and manner of my life is there anything displeasing to the lord it must be set aside cast away prepare the way of the lord the voice says prepare the way of the lord isaiah 35 and verses 8 to 10 speaks about this highway that we walk, this road that we walk, prepare the way of the Lord. Isaiah 35, 8, a highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness, the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. 
And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. We're marching to Zion. Zion is the presence of God. It's a gathering of God's people on earth. But there is a greater Zion that we're moving toward, and that is the Zion in the heavens, the heavenly Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Zion. And we're on a road. And the Bible says it's called the highway of holiness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. The second cry is, the Lord is coming, and we must be ready. Number three, the third cry all flesh is grass. All flesh is grass. Isaiah 46 to 8. The voice said, Cry out. And he said, What shall I cry? The voice said, Cry this. All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers. The flower fades because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. What shall I cry? Tell the people, all flesh is grass, but the word of the Lord endures forever. This third cry is a call that we build our lives on the word of God and that we build the word of God into our lives. The word is a rock. The Word of God is a rock, and it will put something permanent, something enduring. It'll put stability in our lives. All flesh is grass. The, fla the grass flourishes for a season, it withers, and it's gone, but rock remains. Year after year in the farmer's field, the grass grows, it withers, it's gone. The season is over, but the rocks in the field remain. Grass withers, but rock remains. This is a call to build our lives on the Word of God, build the Word of God into our lives so we will endure, so we will stand. Jesus said of John the Baptist, said, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? Called to the people of his generation, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? You knew there was a message. You knew there was a preacher out there. John the Baptist, you knew there was a move of God in the land, a call of God to the people. What did you go out to see? Did you go out to see a reed blown by the wind? Did you go out to see a bulrush, some grass blown by the wind? Did you go out to see a man who was unstable, a man that was wind-blown, flesh-driven, Jesus said, when you went out into the wilderness to hear the preaching of John the Baptist, who was calling for the preparation of the word of the Lord, who was preaching out of Isaiah 40, he said, you met up with a rock man. You met up with someone who didn't bend with emotion and with the circumstances and the wind of time. You met someone who had the word of the Lord in him, who had the fire of God in him. You met someone who had been hardened by years of seeking the Lord in the wilderness. You met someone who was hardened by the Word and by the Spirit of God. He didn't compromise. He didn't bend. He had the Word of God in his mouth, and he stood for the truth of God, and he walked in holy character and reputation. 
The voice said, cry. The voice said, cry. What shall I cry? Tell the people they are grass unless they get the word of the Lord into them. Tell them they'll be blown about. Tell them they'll be blown about by emotion and circumstances and by the spirit of the world until they get the word of God into them. And then they will stand and they will be strong. Jesus looked at a young man one day, his early 20s, from all account, a young man named Simon, Simon, son of Jonah, called to be a disciple. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, but you shall be called Cephas. You will be called Peter, which means a rock. Right now you're Simon, but I'm going to make you into a rock. I'm going to make you into a Peter. I'm going to give you a rock nature. From Simon the reed, Simon the reed, to Peter the rock. Simon, this young man, he wanted to be a rock. He wanted the nature of God in him. He wanted to be strong. But there was a processing that was required, and Jesus was going to work with him, and Jesus was going to encourage him until the rock nature dominated and the flesh nature was broken out of him. Peter at first, Simon, as a young man, blown about by emotions. He was impulsive. He was quick to the right and quick to the wrong. Times he couldn't control his mouth, couldn't control his emotions. But there was a change that came upon his life and a transformation as the word of the Lord went into him. All flesh is grass. Grass or rock? Flesh or spirit? All flesh is grass. Peter from a reed to a rock, and God's working in him. The word of the Lord's working. The spirit of God is working in him. Simon is processing his own heart. He's coming against the flesh. He's coming against his weaknesses. He's calling on the Lord because he wants to be a profitable servant of God. He wants to stand in righteousness and holiness, and the transformation took place. Simon slept in the Garden of Gethsemane, Simon, Simon, Jesus didn't call him Peter. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. You're going to go through a refining. You're going to go through a winning, winnowing process. He slept in the garden. At the arrest of Christ, he fled with all the rest of the disciples. He made his way to the judgment hall where Jesus was being interrogated, and there he bowed to a maid girl, the questioning of a simple maid girl, and he denied the Lord. But Simon became a pillar in the church. Simon broke the reed nature by the word and the power of God, and the rock nature came forth. He became a pillar in the church. He stood in the same Jerusalem in which he had denied Christ. He stood before the same rulers that he had once fled from and proclaimed boldly and powerfully the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was changed from a reed to a rock. The power of God and the word of God had worked in him. He later in life wrote these words in his epistle, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 to 25. He said these words, for the encouragement of all of us 
said, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word, he says. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Thank God this morning for the power of the word. All flesh, all humanity, in the natural, all flesh is grass, but those who receive the word of God, those who abide by the word of God, endure forever. And this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. If you find yourself blown about today by circumstances, by emotion, by whatever force it is that's against you, temptation, trial, spiritual warfare, take the word of God afresh today. Take that word into you. Build your life on that word and let it strengthen you. The voice said, cry. I said, what? What shall I cry? Three things. Number one, God says, let the people know their sins are forgiven. Your warfare is ended. Jesus Christ has won the fight. He's broken through the powers of darkness for you. And if you will receive it, your sins are forgiven. Your iniquity is pardoned. You belong to Jesus Christ forever. You've received the double for all your sins. Thank God for it today. Thank God that your warfare, the battle for your soul is ended. Number two, cry out, prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus is coming. And we don't want to be found in sin or be found with sin in our lives, but to prepare ourselves in holiness, prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus is coming, and we must be ready. Number three, all flesh is grass, but he that takes in the word of God, he that builds his life on the word, shall endure forever. And so we thank God for the threefold cry this morning of the Holy Spirit to each of us. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Let's close out with the worship song. Those of you who are in the drive-in church, a few that are in the building, let's stand together in the building. And Those of you in the drive-in church, offer your heart to the Lord. Thank God for the voice that's come to you, the voice of the Lord, the cry of God that's come to your life. Thank Him for your salvation. Thank Him for your sanctification. Thank Him for the strength He's building into your life today. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, would you open up your heart to the Lord today? Recognize how bankrupt you are. Human nature is without God, without Christ. We need Jesus. We need a Savior. We're hopelessly lost in our sin, bondage and slavery to ourselves and to the systems of men and of this world. Jesus Christ wants to take us on to heaven's glory. He wants to lift us in his righteousness and holiness. Give us purpose. Give us understanding and lead us on to eternity with him. What a glorious salvation. If you're in the drive-in church today and you have never accepted Christ as your Savior, but today you say, I'm giving my life to Jesus, would you please turn on your hazard lights, your vehicle? The parking lot attendants are walking up and down the lanes. They will come to you. They'll give you a Bible. They'll encourage you. They'll offer you some 
information concerning salvation in Christ and how that you can be built in to the house and the family of God. And so, Father, we thank you today. We thank you today for our great salvation. Thank you that you came to us, Lord, and you speak comfort to us now, Lord, that we are yours for time and eternity, that you will prepare us and build us, Lord, and strengthen us. And so we take courage. We take faith this morning. We take strength in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Let's close out with a song. God bless you today.